Success in the New Retirement with Damon Roberts and Matt Deaton. Tis the season of giving, and today here on Success in the New Retirement, we're going to hear from a retired NFL great who's really found a way to give back big time in retirement. And uh, here with Damon and Matt this week, I'm Jennifer Perry. With all the horror stories that we hear about athletes who blow through their retirement savings, there are a few great examples of athletes like the one we're talking about today, guys. And uh, it's Anthony Munoz, who spent uh, several seasons with the Cincinnati Bengals, had a great career. But guys, when you caught up with him recently, he is just as passionate about his new purpose in retirement as he was about the game. Yeah, he's one of the most genuine people we had the opportunity to interview. Yeah, He just was so kind and so passionate about his foundation and what they're doing to help the kids that they try to serve and try to get them to progress in their education and the goals they're trying to reach. And he just was really impressive with how dedicated he was to that. I liked how he was... um also just really down to earth and you know he, you could sit down with him and you wouldn't feel like you're you're sitting down with some star that makes you nervous he just right. is just really um amicable and and willing to, to kind of get down and and with the people and want to help them because I, I think that's where he comes from and that's his roots and mm-hmm. and he's all about giving back and not living high on the hog but you know living his life and doing what, what drives him yeah, when we set up the interview, the plan was for him to, you know, as soon as he arrived from the airport back to the hotel, that he was going to come in and, and sit down with us for like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And he walked in and he was like, hey, guys, hopefully we can get this done. I wanted to try to get a workout in before the charity event and that kind of stuff. <laughs> and so we were like, OK, we, we want to make sure that we're using his time right. And then we got done with the interview and he sat there and told us stories for another 10 or 15 minutes just because he just, you know, I guess we started talking about some of the things that he's passionate about and you know, you just couldn't get him to stop. And, mm-hmm. but just seriously, one of the nicest people we, we had the opportunity to sit down with. Yeah. Well, Damon had a chance to catch up with him about his glory days in football and what his life is like now in retirement. So let's listen in to that conversation. I'm here today with uh, Anthony Munoz, uh, arguably one of the best NFL linemen of history. And I just wanted to thank you for being with us today. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me. I grew up in Seattle, uh, so I'm a big uh, Washington Husky fan, but a a Pac-10, Pac-12 fan. And I understand you played uh, at USC as a a football player, but uh, most people aren't aware that you also played baseball. I did. And it's funny you mentioned Pac-10, Pac-12. Of course, most young people know it as Pac-12. I'm old enough where I can say I played two years at SC in the (laughs) Pac-8, and then my last two years was the Pac-10. So, uh, yeah, it was one of those things of baseball was my first love growing up here in Southern California. And even though I was being recruited for football, uh, I wanted to make sure that hopefully I could play baseball in college. And of course, I always wanted to go to USC. That was a childhood dream growing up 40 miles from the campus. And they had a track record of letting guys uh, come on a football scholarship and play baseball if they, you know, if they were good enough to do it. And uh, that was an agreement I made when I signed to come to USC. And it was limited because of yeah. my injuries in college. I did play one year of baseball for Coach Rod Dato. Uh, and it worked out pretty well. One year of baseball, and we won the World Series that year. So uh, it was pretty cool to experience that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I had those, uh, that experience of coming to SC and uh, that same year winning a football national championship and a baseball national championship. Which was sweeter? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> they were both pretty sweet. Uh, you know, I'd have to probably say football because I, I saw more time on the field than I did uh, on the baseball diamond, but they were both great. I mean, they're so totally different, yeah. but uh, the tradition of both sports at SC at that time, 
Uh, of course, the football being the high revenue and the you know, more exposure, people knew more about that. But at that time, that uh, national championship for Coach Rod Dato, I believe, was 11th as the head coach at USC or the manager. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Well, in our business, we talk to people about um, having success in what we call now the new retirement. Um, it's not like it used to be with pensions and things like that. And I know you probably have an NFL pension, but after you finished football, um, what are some of the things you've done to kind of prepare yourself for retirement where you're not working at all? Well, it's been great. You know, for me, um, the year right after I retired, I, I went into broadcasting, not knowing if I would do that because I, I enjoyed coaching. So I was kind of contemplating, do I go into coaching or broadcasting? Well, with two young kids, I basically kind of prepped myself because I did high school football and radio for seven years when okay. I was playing. Uh, so I had got an opportunity uh, to really, I got hired by Fox when the first year they got the NFL. So I went into broadcasting, uh, seven years of broadcasting um, in addition to that. And then once the kids went off to college, uh, I started a couple small companies. Uh, so it's been pretty great because for 20, I've been retired 26, 27 years now. In addition to the broadcasting and a couple small companies, I've had probably anywhere from three to five companies every year that I've been able to promote as their spokesperson, as their pitch okay. man. So that's, uh, that's really been uh, you know, a way of you know, saying, you know, I have a foundation I've had for the last 19 years, and that's, that's probably my number one passion where I spend the most time. Uh-huh. I don't take a penny from that. Uh, as far as pay or anything, but all this other stuff that I do allows me to put 35 to 40 hours a week with my foundation because of the small companies, because of the companies that have asked me to be their spokesperson. So that uh, that's kind of what I've done for, and uh, uh, I don't see it as work because I do things I love doing, making commercials, making grand, you know, appearances, grand openings and, and yeah. stuff like that. So uh, uh, I've been fortunate uh, in my retirement to, uh, that I've, I've been able to put away the money that I played and not have to touch that in the years that I've been retired. Now, you have a, um, a Mexican heritage, right? I do. And My uh, family's from Mexico. Uh, so, you know, do you speak Chihuahua. Spanish? You know what? Um, I understand it. Uh, of course, when you don't speak it, it's not that great. <laughs> but uh, I go down to Mexico every year. We do youth camps. And once I get around it, I, I can get by. I'm not saying I'm great, uh, but I'm probably uh, on the JV level. I'm not a varsity <laughs> level uh, in my language. I have some vocab, you know, holes yeah. and stuff. But uh, I took enough classes in school, junior high, high school, and even at USC, I took uh, several classes. But uh, I know enough to understand it and, uh, and get by with it when there's people that don't know that I understand and speak Spanish, and they're speaking Spanish, and I answer them. They're like, okay, he understands Spanish. But uh, I can go down to Mexico for our camps and do interviews in Spanish, so I'm okay. I'm not going to say I'm great. Que bueno. Bueno, yeah. <laughs> Yo hablo un poco de español también. Uh, I learned to speak uh, in Spanish. In escuela or amigos? Or? No, I learned to speak Spanish down in uh, Chile. Uh, uh, I went okay. there for a couple of years. Excellent. and uh, yeah. So I love the Spanish language. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah. what a great heritage. Yeah. Well, thank you, Anthony, for coming in and being Thanks on our show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate, I appreciate it. it. All right, man. Thanks. They've been dropping a little Spanish there on Anthony Munoz. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, guys. But talk about someone who sounds maybe even busier now in retirement than he was when he was still working. Wow. Yeah, he... Uh, you can tell he's not the type that's just going to sit around and and drink margaritas or, or <laughs> you know sit by the pool. He he's 
you know, and, and that's what makes him great, right? That's what mm-hmm. made him great at, at football, at broadcasting, at baseball, or, or whatever the, the, the passion that he has. And now what's driving his foundation is this, this drive to do good, to be busy, and to give back in the world. And, and that's just really what was really impressive about him and, and some of the stories he told us about his foundation and what he's doing and, and the, the successes that they've had was really inspiring. Yeah. One of the things that he was really passionate about is he was telling us about this girl that through the foundation was able to attend Harvard. Huh. And, wow. you know, his eyes just lit up just like, you know, talking about the impact that this had on this family, this girl and the potential that she has and what she's going to be able to do with that type of degree. So pretty amazing. Yeah. He mentioned he spends 35 to 40 hours a week just on the foundation, guys. And uh, you can really hear the passion when he talks about the work that he's doing in these children's lives. We're going on 19 years. I waited a few years after I retired to start the foundation. Uh, totally understanding that when you're, you know, when you're playing, you have leverage, you have relevant. But, uh, you know, I thought about it. I'm thinking, you know, I'm a husband, a father, and then have to work and maintain my job to provide. I didn't have enough time to, to put into a foundation. I, I worked with a lot of other non-for-profit groups. Uh, so it was about seven, eight years after I retired. I always wanted to put a foundation to, together because, you know, really, a lot of it has to do the way I, I was raised. Uh, you know, growing up here in Southern California, my mom raised five kids by herself, working two, three jobs. We didn't have any. I mean, we never had a car, didn't have a whole lot. So it was coaches, teachers, organizations that allowed me to do things uh, to really chase my dream. And I wanted to, to do that for young men and women. So basically, uh, we, we started a foundation. Our mission statement is to engage the tri-state area, which is you know the Cincinnati area, to impact young people mentally, physically, and spiritually. So we have seven programs that we run, uh, very limited staff. We have three full-time staff, but we have a great internship program. Per year, we usually have four to eight sometimes 10 college interns that will come in and work because of our lean staff. Uh, have a great board, I think 15 board members, very engaged. And then of course we utilize uh, volunteers. But we do everything from uh, elementary kids, we have a mentoring program. Okay. Uh, then we have uh, a junior high program we call Unplug because they age out of our mentoring program. Sure. So that we continue to, you know, uh, really mentor junior high kids and not just drop them once they get and, and really kind of show them what it corporate life is all about. We take them on college visits. Uh, a lot of these kids might think, okay, let's get through high school, then we'll start working. We got to provide you know money for the family. But now they can see that they can go to college, you know, continue their education, and uh, you know their earning power increases if they go to college. So we have that called Unplugged. He went on, guys, to rattle off so many different programs that uh, the foundation's involved in and helping these kids really achieve their own success. It's really cool to see the passion that he has. But he mentioned he waited until retirement because then he could focus his time, his energy, his efforts on really taking this foundation to where he wanted it to go. And I'm wondering, is that something that a lot of your clients do when they find themselves with a little bit more free time in retirement? Absolutely. There are many of our clients who want to give back now that they have time. Um, they've been engineers, they've been lawyers, they've been doctors, nurses, salespeople, whatever, and they're, they're used to filling their time. And now they, if they don't take up a hobby or something like that, then they want to fill that time. And most of them want to do something that fulfills them. Right. And so they're, they're finding the different passions. Some of them will just go and work a job like a Home Depot that they always wanted to do, but Mm -hmm. didn't provide the the right income. And so now they can do it. Others will go and and work at a church. Others will donate at a hospital, their time, money, efforts. And, and so, yeah, absolutely. I think they want to do that. But like him, if you don't take care of the basics up front about 
planning for retirement and things, it's hard to do that. And you don't have those options. And so that's one of the things that I think Matt and I enjoy the most is helping people get to that point by looking at the planning and, and asking the questions they don't know to ask themselves to be able to get there so that when they get to retirement, now they have the option of spending that time that they want to. You know, I think something that's been interesting as I've been doing this and working with clients is that there is quite a bit of fear that I found that people have about retiring and what to do with that extra time. Yeah. And I think sometimes we're like, okay, that would be great to have that extra time. And, and you know, there's always that bucket list items and some vacations and things we want to do. But I think sometimes we're sitting back and saying, okay, if I really retire, do I want to stay home and be doing nothing all day long for the next 20 years? And the spouse is going, do I want this guy around or this, you know, do I want to spend this much time with this person? <laughs> and so I think there is some fear is, you know, how do I transition? What, how, what does that look like? And we, so we've had clients that a lot of them have done, you know, volunteer work. We've had some that have done part-time work. We've had some that have been able to just walk away from the job and be totally fine and kept busy doing other things. So everybody faces that different. My uncle, he was a doctor. He was for years and years and years. And, you know, he was well off. They were He could have retired years before. But it was a real big problem for him to kind of think, well, what am I going to do with my life if I'm no longer a doctor and no longer seeing patients? Yeah. And even after he retired, he would drive to the hospital and just spend some time there and just hang out there because that was his second home. His identity, and really. Yeah. 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 It took a while for him to be able to transition that he no longer felt that need to be there and make himself busy with other activities, other volunteer opportunities. But I think that's a common fear for people. People are worried about, you know, outliving their money. But I think some people are also worried like, well, what's retirement going to be like? Am I going to be bored out of my mind? Do I really yeah. want to stop working? <laughs> and I think that's something that people worry about. And But there's lots of opportunities. There's mm-hmm. so many things you can do to keep busy that that it really shouldn't be something that, that we're stressing too much about. Yeah, but to, it is something to think about, guys, making that psychological transition. And what are you going to do with all that free time? That's important. And since this is the season of giving, guys, the great thing about the a lot of the clients that you work with is that a lot of people have done a really great job saving. And especially at this point in their lives, are thinking, okay, I'd love to give back in some ways. But financially, what kinds of things do we need to think about if we're interested in maybe giving to our favorite charities or causes? Well, I think one thing that people may not know about is the opportunities you have with what your required minimum distribution. So again, at 70 and a half right now, now the law states that if you have money in an IRA account or a 401k or a 403b, anything that's tax deferred, you have to take out what's called a required minimum distribution. And that's set by the IRS as something you have to take out each and every year. Well, if you're like some of our clients that, you know, they have a pension, they have other things that are coming in and this distribution is something that they don't really want, they don't really need. And in fact, it would actually cause them to pay greater taxes on their social security and other things. You can do what's called a QCD, which is a direct transfer to a charity. So if you wanted to, if you didn't need the money, you could actually transfer your RMD directly to a charity. It counts as a distribution, so you met the obligation that the IRS gave you, but it does not show up as income on your tax return because it was given to a charity. Nice. Okay. And so that's a way to give back, a way to kind of manage your tax bracket. And so depending on what you you win, right? Right. (laughs) For sure. So depending on what your tax situation is, that can be a really good opportunity to take advantage of this little loophole in the tax code that allows you to transfer that money and not have to pay tax on it. 
All right. Very cool. And then estate planning, too. A lot of people think about leaving a lasting legacy, guys. You've done some really creative things along those lines, too. There's a lot of different things you can do to leave a legacy. And that's one of the things that if that's important to our clients that we will we will look at and help them be able to leave as much as they can to the places that they want to leave them. Sometimes that's in a scholarship fund where they're setting up something to leave to a, a specific college, you know, their alma mater and, yeah. and where they can uh, help educate people like they were educated and giving that opportunity and the scholarship is either in their name or different things like that. Others who... You know, our, and I think the other opportunity with that estate planning is, again, I mean, most people, when you sit down and say, what do you want to do with your money? They say, well, I'd love to spend it all. And if there's anything left over, <laughs> I'll leave it to my kids. That's usually what people say. Is yeah. we, want it, we want to have fun. We worked hard for this. This is what we want to do. But we all know that because we don't know when we're going to pass away, we need to have reserves. It's not like you're going to be able to let the last check bounce. So for most of our clients, it's how do I make sure that this money transfers to them without a bunch of taxes, without a bunch of issues with the government going through probate? And so we help them walk through that process, make sure their assets are positioned in the right way, make sure that they're set up with the proper designations so that that automatically just transfers to the kids and it's not something they have to worry about. And then if they need to go through the process of, you know, creating a trust or some of the other more complicated documents because they're worried about a specific member of the family or charities or anything like that, those are options for them as well. But the, but estate planning doesn't have to be terribly complicated as long as you're positioning assets the proper way and getting them properly designated. You know, it can be a pretty seamless process. Good to know, guys, especially for those who might be thinking about giving back, especially this time of year. And if you have questions about some of these strategies, of course, you can always drop us an email through our website at successinthenewretirement.com. And of course, thanks to Anthony Munoz for dropping by and uh, sharing his story with us here on the podcast. You can find out more about his organization online at munozfoundation.org. Want to learn more? Connect with Damon and Matt at successinthenewretirement.com. Investment advisory services offered through Acute Investment Advisory, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through its affiliated company, Acute Wealth Advisors, LLC. Tax and or legal advice is not offered by either company or their affiliated companies. Consult with your tax and legal professionals for guidance on tax or legal matters. The information presented should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. All expressions of opinion are subject to change. We are not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.